Welcome to Christian Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers, and this is the podcast where we explore everything outdoors and how we can enjoy God every day. Welcome back to Christian Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers. We hope you've had a great week, and we're excited to bring you another episode of Christian Outdoors Podcast. This is podcast episode number six. And today we have with us a very special guest that I think you're going to really enjoy uh, hearing from, and one that is uh, just uh, just a great guy that I met earlier this year and had had a chance to pick his brain a little bit. And and uh, I don't want to give too much information now. I want him to kind of tell his own story. But he is the general manager of Buck Commander uh, from West Monroe, Louisiana. So I want to welcome Grant Taylor to our podcast today. Grant, thank you for joining us. Yeah, man. Thank you, Pete. Man, it's a, a absolute honor to be here with you, and, and I'm just glad to be visiting with you. Whether anybody listens to this or not, I'm just glad you and I are getting to have a conversation. So, well, I am too, Grant, and I, and I appreciate that. You know, like I said, when we met last year, we uh, uh, quickly started uh, a good banter back and forth, uh, um, and that's something I really enjoy. I, I'm pretty lighthearted and and, and easygoing in most situations. Uh, as an introduction, why don't you just go ahead and tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you do and who you are. Sure will. So in, in just a real brief fashion, uh, you know, I was born and raised uh, in Huntsville, Texas, and grew up there, spent my entire formative years there, went to, a, to college in Arkansas uh, at a place called Harding University, which coincidentally is where Willie spent uh, Willie Robertson spent a portion of his educational career. Uh, when I graduated there, um, some years after I graduated, I met my wife who had also gone there, and we lived in Little Rock for for several years. But um, what's interesting about her is she was born and raised in West Monroe, Louisiana, and her cousin happened to be Corey Robertson, which is Willie's wife. And so at some point they uh, were looking to hire somebody for buck commander and they wanted to know if we would be interested or if I would be interested. And, you know, without much hesitation, we jumped on that opportunity. Uh, We relocated to West Monroe, which was actually home for my wife and uh, a great place for me um, just because I've always enjoyed this, this town and this community. And so um, candidly, Pete, though, when I took this job and started working here, I, I thought it would last about a year or so, and it would kind of help me get my feet wet and figure out what else I was going to do with my life. And here we are, I'm entering, uh, my ninth hunting season working for Buck Commander. So, you know, the Lord has had other plans as he, as he often does. And, uh, here we are, and I don't know if it's going to last another year, or another 20, but, but I'm, I'm here for the ride. So, you know, that's, a that's really interesting because I was uh, wondering myself how long Buck Commander's been around. You know, it's amazing how time flies. Uh, I, I had no idea that that you that you were already in your in your ninth season. That's amazing. That is amazing. So, as a general manager, what exactly do you do with Buck Commander? Well, so let me go back back up a little bit okay. and tell you how I came up with that title. So, uh, and, and look, give you a little bit of context on, on what life is like around here. So, Willie hires me. I come down here and I've been working here for a couple of weeks and he walks in my office and he says, Hey, what's your title? And I said, well, I mean, you hired me. So (laughs) I I feel like you should be the one that gives me a title. I mean, 
I just I feel like when well, somebody gives themselves CEO. <laughs> right. Well, but the, see, the problem with that becomes if if you give yourself your own title, one of two things happens. Either either you way oversell it and nobody gives you any credibility. So if you say, hey, I'm going to be the CEO, people go, well, you're not really the CEO. You just gave yourself that title. And right. so uh, if you but if you go the humble route and you go, well, you know, I'm really just a, you know, assistant helper. And and people don't give you any credibility. They go, well, that guy's nobody. He's just an assistant helper. And so it's really hard to find a title that fits when you try to bestow that upon yourself. And so we all landed on general manager, which in traditional business circles means probably more um, than it actually does here. And here it just means generally uh, responsible for anything that goes wrong and and. <laughs> try to help us make things go right. And right. so uh, that role for me over the years has meant a lot of different things. Um, I would say primary function is really facilitating relationships with our sponsors and our partners and, and, and the depth that that means in terms of integrating their products and their brands into what we do and communicating with them to the, you know, the not fun stuff that people don't see like, contracts and contract negotiating, right. um, dealing with the networks and, you know, just all those various and sundry things down to applying for tags and booking hunts and coordinating camera guys and just the production side of life for our TV show and all the digital elements that we have that involve filming, editing, delivering and that sort of thing. So, um, oh, so really it's, yeah, and but we've got a great team here. Uh, it's not just me. I mean, we've got a great group of guys over there in the production side that really um, that really do a great job and and help our team out tremendously. So I know. Uh, well, when you mentioned applying for tags, I know for me, just keeping that straight for just me can be just a nightmare because each state has so many different rules and deadlines and and uh do i have preference points in montana or was that wyoming um and what's my what's my hunter number in idaho so i can register for that one and just i mean i got spreadsheets after spreadsheets and then even then you know i'll be like oh gosh i got the deadlines tomorrow i gotta go ahead and apply for this tag and and then you miss you go well hopefully i can get a preference point anyway and and uh happened to me a couple of times for all the different states I applied for. I couldn't imagine doing that for the whole crew trying to keep up. And having grown up in Texas, I mean, you know, every year I would just go buy the super combo and it's like 70 bucks and I'm good for anything and everything. You know, there's no real, there's no points, there's no draws, there's no whatever. You just go buy your license and you you go hunt. And so that's That's really one of the things that's been for me is learning that, man, each and every state is different and people are raised hunting so differently just based on where you're from geographically. And so, man, I learned a ton about that and have come to appreciate and, and and respect so many different ways of going about it. Um, but, but you know, you got to learn all that, that tags and applications and points. And you may look up and draw a tag that you forgot you were putting in for. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and to make it even more complicated, as I digress a little bit here is, you know, some states have over the counter tags and some have have uh, takes 30 preference points to get depending on which zone that you want to apply for. And as you said, here in South Carolina, you just show up and buy a tag, whether you're a non-resident or a resident, you just show up and buy your license and you're good for the whole state for everything. And, you're right. Uh, 
You know, but you go to Colorado as an example, and there's a lot of over-the-counter zones, and then there's others that that take five or six or ten years to draw an elk tag for. So uh, it's it can be very very complicated. Um, yes. So wow, just doing that. So how many how many people make up the Buck Commander team now? Well, oh. so yeah, there's six owners, and that's a great question. There's six owners. Um, oh, okay. And those would be um, th- uh, three. I guess they're all retired baseball players now, but but all played in the major leagues. Adam LaRoche, uh, who you may remember, um, he, yeah. he and then Ryan Langerhans uh, and Tombo Martin. Those yeah, three Tom guys were with us down in Alabama. Yeah, Adam and Tombo were with us when we were when we were squirrel hunting. Um, and then you got, of course, Willie, who was kind of the 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 guy that made it all go. Um, the whole thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you got uh, Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan. So okay. really, those are the the core guys who are you know the, the the front and center guys. But but our team really is is um, so much bigger than that. I mean, and it's really more of a family. Um, and that's the cool part about it is when we get in camp as a group, uh, we've got some production guys: Jordan Summit, Ben Mongold. Uh, Jacob Armstrong, uh, Mikey Miller, and, and a host of other guys who have been around and part of our team and our family so long that when we all get in camp together, it doesn't matter who you are, everybody's, you know, just one of the guys. Um, and, and that's the way everybody likes it, and that's the way. That's one of the really neat things about Buck Commander. So. And that's one of the cool things about the whole hunting community. You see that a lot with uh, with uh, uh, certain groups when you get with them. It's like – even when you're the new guy, you're just immediately brought into the into the fold, and because the banter is going to be strong, and and you better be ready to dish it back out. But that to me, that's what makes hunting camp so fun. Is all that all that camaraderie that you can get almost instantly if you're willing to participate. Right. Well, Peter, that's exactly the way you and I met. Right. I mean, right. That's one of the coolest things about hunting is that here's two guys from, you know different parts of the country that that meet up in in the middle of alabama chasing squirrels and it's really not even about the squirrels it becomes more about man the relationships that you build and the bonds that you forge in the woods and and i don't honestly i know we didn't win the squirrel competition but i don't remember how many we got but i certainly remember you know what a great time we had out there and and just the impact that it had on me for you and I getting to know each other. And, and that's, that's what's so cool about hunting um, is, is that it allows you to do that um, across the country. And I've got friends now as a result of doing this all, all over the country that I stay in touch with. So anyway, that's what to me is really fun about hunting. I agree completely. I do. I mean, it's so, so many people that aren't uh, active or, or just kind of passive, but I think it's all about killing animals and that, while that is part of it, I mean, uh, let's be real, but it's it it's such a small part of it that it's uh, there's so much more that is involved in in the hunting lifestyle and and as you said, just some of the great people you meet. That's the main reason I like to travel to different parts of the country to hunt. Uh, I mean, I can hunt whitetail deer here, you know. So going to Illinois or Kansas or Wyoming to hunt whitetail to me, it's like well, it just has a bigger act. I mean, other than that, it's still a whitetail deer. But it's the people that you meet and the and the country that you get to see, in order to do that. That I just love so much about it. And uh, as you said, I mean, we hunt. I mean, we met hunting squirrels of all things. Yeah. You know? right. 
And uh, right. one of the great things I remember about that trip, Grant, is uh, is me and you walking through some of those uh, Alabama swamps, and we just struck up a conversation about our about our faith. And uh, sure. and, and and to me, that's just it, it just strengthened the bond that was already starting. Is hey, hey, here's a guy who is not ashamed to talk about his faith, who was actually proud of it, and uh, and is and is okay with me bringing it up. And uh, hey. Let's talk about this. Isn't this so cool that that we can be out here, like you said, two guys from two completely different worlds meeting, and in some swamp in Alabama, we start talking about our faith in Christ, um, and uh, and that's just it. It just makes it so much better for me personally. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, you know, obviously Christianity and living your faith is an important part of your team and the brand. How do you manage to pull? it off in today's world being being so open with your faith i mean we know that the robertsons with their duck commander we're not talking about them have had some issues with that on their television show in the past but in today's world how are you able to to pull it off well um that's a great question and i think what i've really learned is is that for me to be who i am regardless of what other people are going to say, think, or feel about me and, and really, you know, be un- unapologetic about it. Um, certainly want to be respectful of other people and differing opinions and perspectives and all, all that kind of thing. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, all I really have to account for is me. And, and, you know, I know that my faith in Jesus and, and, and him being the Lord of my life is the reason I am where I am and doing what I'm doing. And so without that, really, I'm, I don't amount to much. Um, and so, I, you know, for me, I've just learned that, hey, that, that's who I am and that's, that's who I'm going to be. Uh, if you follow me or, you, you know, you were to hang out with me, you would certainly uh, identify some flaws that I have pretty quickly. Um, I would <laughs> reveal those to you um, just because just I'm far from perfect. But at the end of the day, it's because of Jesus that I'm here doing what I'm doing and able to do what I do. And so I feel like if I'm not sharing that message um, maybe not even verbally, but just more so in the way I live, then, then what am I, what am I doing? Right, right, right. You know, my daughter who is 19 and in college now said it very, very eloquently the other day. She, uh, she's pursuing ministry. Um, and she was interviewing for a job with a very prominent, uh, uh Christian company. And one of the questions was, why do you want to go into ministry? And, she said, and it was so humbling to hear this from my daughter when she said, I only have one life to live and to not live it for him just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. And wow, I thought, oh, man, that, I, I got goosebumps again. Just, just yeah. you know, thinking, my goodness, what what a great, great witness that is to me from my own daughter. And and I think that's kind of what you just said. You just said in a different way is is I'm going to be who I am. And it's because of Jesus that I am who I am and and where I am. Um mm. So one of the things that I run into as as media man in this world of of uh, uh, dealing with uh, all sides of the coin, there's more than two sides to the outdoor world coin. So all sides of it is uh, sponsors and television networks. Do you get any pushback from them, or or have you been embraced by them about uh, integrating the uh, the Christian message so eloquently into the message of the Buck Commanders? You know, honestly, we haven't. Uh, we have not really experienced that at all, nor have I 
personally. I mean, if there are if there are circumstances where people have um, tried to navigate around that, really, I slash we are not aware of it. Um, you know, and, and, and I think, honestly, Pete, a lot of people are looking for an opportunity and a venue to 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 share that and to open up about that. And, and, and if we can make that just a normal part of the conversation, then I think it allows other people to to to, you know, open up and, and express who they are and, and their faith and that kind of thing. So, no, we really haven't. Uh, now, you know, I'm not necessarily one who wants to lead with that in terms of a conversation and go, hey, guys, here's who we are and here's what we do. Right, and, right, right, you right. know, but I would just hope that for us, it is evident in, in how we do what we do. So it's not necessarily a bullet point of a conversation or that kind of thing. It just is who we are. And I, I think that sort of um, hopefully that reputation precedes itself. And, and so but, you know, we it's been great. I mean, we haven't had. Uh, you're always going to have detractors and certainly people that are going to say this or that, but I wouldn't necessarily say that we've had any kind of uh, negative feedback. And, and so we, I think that's yeah. a good word for, for, um, for the industry as well, you know, because I would think if you had uh, a sponsor from uh, Pete's widgets, as an example, and uh, Pete's widgets was, was, was not really anti-Christian, but just didn't want to be involved with it. Then yeah. what they do is they would say, "Hey guys, you either need to change your message, or we're going to have to just pull out." And sure. uh, but what you find, and what I have found by interviewing you and and many other people, and just being in the industry for the last twenty plus years, is is the opposite seems to be true. Is that right. so many of these brands, so many of these companies that associate with the hunting, fishing, outdoor lifestyle, are are embracing people to be real sure this is who we are and this is and this is the message that we carry and they're not ashamed to be uh associated with those you know they're proud in a lot of times to to say hey we we love the fact that these guys love jesus and they're willing to talk about it they're not shoving it back down anybody's face or bludgeoning them with their bible but they're 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 open about their faith and we're proud to be associated with them and that's just an awesome thing in the industry well, and I would say this, I mean, to, to, to borrow a, uh, some street lingo, real recognize real, right? I mean, I mean, yep. well, people and consumers and friends, they, they understand when you're being true to who you are and they also understand when you're not. And so, um, you know, if Pete's widgets decided they didn't want to partner with us based on our stance or, or anything that they didn't deem in, in line with what they stand for, then, then that's fine. I wouldn't hold that against them. You know, that's their prerogative right. and that's right. their opportunity to make that decision. So I think with that mindset, you know, people understand what they're getting when, when, when we partner with them and, and if they choose not to, then that's okay. I don't, I don't hold that against them and I don't right. want to force my position on them in the same way that I wouldn't necessarily want them to impose theirs on me. So, you know, with that mindset, I think it, it allows for a lot of just candid dialogue. It allows for authenticity in our partnerships and our relationships. And really with most of our partners, um, we've developed a lot of personal relationships that, that we value that really go beyond a, a contract and impressions and, you know, marketing and that kind of thing. And that's, what's really neat about it. So, and it is, and it is, and that's, uh, I mean, me as well. 
uh, even though I write about so many different things and brands and so forth, you just build relationships with the people who represent them, the people that that make them and manufacture and design them, and it becomes more about hey, it becomes more about me and Grant than me and Buck Commander. It becomes sure. more about about the relationship that we have, and that's one of the great things about about this whole outdoor world that we live in. Um, but also as a Christian, you know, I mean, our entire faith is built on the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. That's right. And, and here we are talking about relationships that we have with people, but there's no more important relationship that you have in your life than the one that you have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's such an awesome thing. Um, so Grant, when did you begin hunting and why, and, uh, and, what kind of hunting do you really enjoy doing? Well, that's a great question. And, I, I you know, like a lot of folks, um, I really began hunting with my dad um, as a kid. And, and, you know, you can remember that time when your dad was probably going off on a hunting trip with some other folks and you weren't quite old enough, but you were just, you know, thinking about that day when you were. Uh, probably I was a little bit older than maybe some. I, I think I was probably about nine or ten, somewhere around there, when I started going dove hunting. Uh, and it was that seven September time frame of year, early September, and it just kind of felt like that gateway to fall. Football was starting, and dove season was open. And you know, I borrowed a Remington twenty gauge from a friend, and and went out there and just was started putting lead in the air, right and and uh trying to find those birds and and after a couple of years of doing that i never will forget we we um were able to get a get a deer lease and i was probably 13 or 14 when i really started deer hunting you know i've been a couple of times where somebody put me in a box stand and and told me to sit here and we never saw anything that wasn't really hunting for me but i remember when i was really hooked on white-tailed deer hunting was probably when i was about eighth grade um 13 14 years old and man, I, I can just remember those November mornings sitting out, you know, on the edge of a wheat field, watching those deer come out there and it was cool and crisp. And, you know, uh, that really, um, hooked me, you know what I mean? It was one of those things yeah. where, and then I just enjoyed coming back to the camp and talking with all the guys about what they saw and seeing what they shot and, and just, man, that was just, from that point on, I have just been absolutely hooked on on whitetail deer. Uh, I just love everything about the experience of it. Um, uh, it, it is just that's that's my thing. I mean, I, I love all kinds of hunting. I've done all kinds of hunting. I've you know been blessed to get to go and do a lot of things. But when it comes down to it, um, you know that's that's really my thing. And and have grown up enjoying doing that with my dad and my brothers and my family. So that was really. I would say nine or ten started dove hunting, and then and then when I was about eighth grade is when I when I killed my first deer, and um, man, I was hooked. So, do you mostly uh, gun hunt, bow hunt, do it all? Uh, what's your what's your preference, or do you have one? Yeah, I'm an equal opportunity kind of guy. Um, yeah, me too, man. I'll quite, kill anything that's legal. <laughs> yeah, quite honestly, um, you know, I, I didn't bow hunt. Uh, really, I mean, I had a bow before I came to work at Buck Commander, but I, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I didn't know the parts of a bow. I didn't know how to bow hunt. I, I didn't know anything about it, to be candid with you. And mm-hmm. and I thought I was a good hunter. I mean, I thought I was an experienced hunter. I was a you know a Texas rifle hunter and did it anytime I could. But man, I have learned so much and have been humbled so much um, by bow hunting. So 
Uh, I mean, I love, love to bow hunt. I've had the opportunity to do it quite a bit, have learned a ton over the last eight or nine years. Um, but that being said, I, I'm a guy that whatever the season and the regulations allow for, I'm game. So uh, yeah, I don't too. take anything away from from anybody using whatever legal means necessary. Um, and that's really, to, to make that point a little broader, what I've learned is that hunting means so many different things to different people, right? I mean, and whether you're a rifle hunter or a bow hunter, it doesn't make you any more or less of a hunter, you know, by how you go out there and do it. And different people enjoy different things. And so I'm a big advocate for, man, whatever you want to do, whatever you enjoy, whatever fits your style or, you know, whatever is legal in your state, just because it's not legal in my state or vice versa, hey, more power to you. So Absolutely. get out there and do what you love and enjoy. And and how and look, I've hunted with guys, and I'm not going to mention any names, but in our crew that, man, they like to hunt that place that's closest to the house so they can sleep later and walk back early. And then you've got those guys who want to go to the far reaches and hunt that ghost buck yep. or that ghost bull that may or may not even exist, but in their minds it's out there and they're chasing it and they may never kill it, but the fact that they were chasing it makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, and all points in between. So I'm an advocate of whatever you love to do or whatever it means to you, get out there and do it. And and I want to uh, put an exclamation point behind that. One of the one of the few frustrating things in our industry is the way that certain groups want to attack other groups. You know, where sure. boat hunters want to attack people who use crossbows, and uh, and crossbow hunters don't like muzzleloader hunters, and and rifle hunters are frowned upon because they don't get close like a bow hunter does. But I want to, I want to make a very strong point here where Christian outdoors is. And that is just as Grant said, if it's legal in your state country or province and you want to do it, just go hunting, just go and enjoy God's creation, enjoy everything that there is about it and do it in a safe and ethical way and, and just get out there. Um, and, uh, and let's for the rest of us, let's support that. Um, you know, I started hunting with a bow because I couldn't afford a gun and I had a second bow. So I killed my first deer with a bow and I love to bow hunt, but man, I love getting out that Weatherby 308 too. And I I love, I love the feel of the recoil and the sound of the, of the crack of the gun going off. And, and, uh, uh, a few years ago I started hunting with a handgun. And man, you talk about fun, Grant. I don't know if you've tried that, but that is so challenging and fun. Is, well, uh, hunting I will with- say to that, I, I've never done that, but I, I used to read magazine articles about Larry Wysoon who would take yeah. these trophy pictures with a pistol, and I thought, man, that's that. Now that's that's next level right there. So I probably need to try that. It's a uh, it's uh, a. Yeah. You know, some of the stories I've written about it, and uh, I'm going to digress a little bit here because I think it's a good point, is to me, handgun hunting is the closest thing to archery hunting. It's just a whole lot louder. Sure. And that is, you you have to be fairly close. And I'm talking about handguns that use handgun calibers, not the ones that that shoot rifle calibers. So just, you know, a 44 Magnum or a 41 Magnum or uh, even a 4570, you have to be fairly close, you know, 60 yards, 80 yards and in. Um, And you have to really concentrate on executing that shot because it doesn't take a whole lot to move that barrel a few millimeters and then you've missed the whole animal or worse, wounded them. 
So well, you had to really concentrate on on executing the shot, and uh, and I really really enjoy handgun hunting. I I do. I've been fortunate to take a lot of pigs and a few deer with it, um, but it is a it is a lot of fun. And as I get older, you know, I'm in my mid fifties now with shoulder problems. It's getting harder and harder to pull that bow back. Um, sure. Then I'm I'm using the handgun more in my bow stance. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun, man. We should we should get together and try that that sometime. Let's do it. I could see that being uh, every bit as challenging as an archery hunt, to be honest with you. It really is. It really is. Um, but make sure, if you're doing that, listeners, you got to have some hearing protection. Man, it, it only takes one or two shots to permanently damage your ears. So some of the electronic muffs or electronic ear protection is really, really a, a, a an invaluable tool if you're hunting with a handgun. So uh, back to the back to this though. So if you don't mind, Grant, would you mind sharing with the listeners your personal faith journey? Have you all? I mean, did you grow up in church? Did you come to it later in life? And uh, and and if you don't mind, just kind of share that that story with our listeners a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I was fortunate to be raised in a home where my parents uh, taught me, you know, about having a relationship with Jesus. Um, you know, we we were frequently going to church, you know, one of those type deals where the old adage is if the doors were open, we were there. Yeah, um, that was really. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twice on Sunday, Wednesday night um, for sure. But I would say beyond that, um, my parents really more or less modeled a servanthood for me uh, and just how to help other people. And, and to me. That's the essence of, of a relationship with Jesus is, is thinking of others and treating them how Jesus would treat them. And, and that's the best testimony. But, but you know, I did grow up uh, with, a, with a faith um, exhibited by my family. Uh, and so I've really kind of been able to, to steer clear of a lot of different things just because of the example they set for me. Now, certainly, uh, and I was baptized as a, as a young teen because I just felt compelled uh, in my life that, that Jesus Christ was the Lord of my life, and I wanted to follow him forevermore. Um, and so, so I was baptized as a, as a young teenager. And, you know, certainly there's been patches throughout there where, where I've, you know, um, made some mistakes and kind of been, you know, probably struggled with my faith more times than others. But really, as I became an adult— um, I started to, to really learn and understand and, and, and develop my own faith and what Jesus and my relationship is with him just personally, just me and him. Okay. Right. And, and that has really been, and I would say my faith walk is, is continuously growing and developing and evolving. I mean, even, even this day, uh, and I've encountered a lot of people and, and, and had a lot of discussions with guys and, and even people that I've hunted with that have really challenged me to study and grow uh, and learn. And, and that's been cool. And I mean, people from different uh, who's who's the sign out front of their church would say something different than the sign out front of my church. Right. Um, right. That makes sense. And I think it's important that we don't get hung up on that, but that we open our Bibles and read and learn about Jesus and, and man. Um, so my faith journey has been one that, that, um, if, if I really, you know, gave you a testimony of some times in my life where, you know, I was struggling, you would probably say, well, that seems like a pretty lame struggle, but in my life, in the scope of my life, it, there's a lot of times where 
I was doing things that I wanted to do that I felt like were best for me. And I can look back now and see where God was like, man, Grant, you, you know, I've been sending you on the right path and you just keep wanting to go left, you know? And, and, but I can also look back and see where he distinctly picked me up, dust me off and go, okay, have you had enough of trying to do this yourself? Now let me set you back on this path. Um, (laughs) but not for that, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing today. And, you know, people always ask me about my job and, and being here and doing what I'm doing. And and it, it is certainly great. And, And it is, it is a blessing every day, but I look back and go, you know, my job is cool, but even greater than that is where I'm at and how it has helped me grow in my faith. The right. people that I'm involved with and Buck Commander uh, haven't been able to learn from from the Robertson family. Just the way that they live out their faith day in and day out with boldness has been huge for me and my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so much greater than being here. You know, my faith journey has allowed me to to meet my wife uh, and have the family and kids that I have now. You know, and there was a time when. You know, I was a late 20s guy who was single, didn't have a wife, didn't really have a prospect of a wife. And I was frustrated, you know, kind of right, right. Little, like I was in the desert going, what in the world is going on? And it was probably at a point in my life where I said, you know what, I'm not even going to worry about that anymore. I'm going to turn that over. I'm going to I'm going to loosen my grip on the things that I've been trying to control. And I'm just going to totally turn that over. And, you know, within 60 days, I, I met the woman who became my wife and, and is the mother of our children. And, and I go, wow, you know, for me, I've learned the more I try to control and grip onto things, the, the more out of control they get. And, yeah. And isn't that when we let go and let God, how things just tend to work in, in our favor. Wow. Man, it, it happened, has happened again and again and again in my life. And so, okay. You know, I try not to worry about things too much now. Um, certainly, I'm passionate, and I get up in the morning full of energy and ready to go. But I also know that at the end of the day, I'm not really in control anyhow. And so, you know, just try to keep that in perspective. Right, right. That's awesome, Grant. That's a that's an awesome story. I know a lot that's- of people um, do as you do, but they grew up in church and they've always. Uh, uh, been around it and 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 have experienced, uh, um, as my daughter says, uh, I don't remember not ever believing in Jesus. And then there's so many other people who who have not. I mean, yeah. my personal story is, you know, we didn't really grow, go to church that much growing up. It was more like the C and E, you know, the Christmas and Easter, and and occasionally a few other times we moved around a lot. So when we moved to a new town. We would go to church a little bit and then kind of. Dad would hit the golf course again, and we wouldn't go. And uh, and and that's no slam on him. It's just it's just the way it was, you know. Sure. I mean, uh, thankfully later in life he was able to um, um, right that ship and get a relationship with Christ, you know, for many years before he passed away. And that and that brings us all comfort. But back to this is that is that you know that people come to Jesus in a lot of different ways and there is no right way. There is no wrong way. And I'm saying this for the listeners that are out there saying, well, wow, I didn't grow up that way. It's easy for him to say that, you know, he grew up in a home going to church, but, but it doesn't matter how you get there, just that you get there. Uh, that's right. you know, and, and that's one of the wonderful things that, uh, that I believe about God is that, um, uh, you know, I, as uh, someone who follows John Wesley's the- theology, I grew up Methodist and Wesleyan now, is that 
is that prevenient grace. It's that grace of God that pursues us constantly until we accept Him as our Savior. That God is always after us, chasing us. You know, one one writer called it the Hound of Heaven that is pursuing us constantly, uh, like the like the hound pursues the deer or the beagle. God's grace is pursuing after us until one day he finally catches us and we are able to enter into relationship with him. Um, so everybody's faith journey is unique and it's personal and it's, and, and it's wonderful so that yeah. we can um, experience Christ in our way. Um, yeah. If I might share a quick story there, I met a guy here who's become one of my best friends. Um, he, he worked for us at a time when Duck Dynasty was blowing up and, man, we were just hiring people at, you know, Basically, if you could fog a mirror, you could work here. Um, <laughs> and so we hired this guy, and some people started sharing with him. And lo and behold, he was baptized. And we, we you know, have a Devo here on Thursday mornings. And so I go down the Devo. We were busy. And I, I listened to him give his testimony. And he's a, you know, short, bigger guy and with tattoos all over him and, and kind of has a street look about him. And but I listened to his testimony and I was blown away. And, and afterwards I went and talked to him. I didn't really know him and started getting to know him and hear about his journey. And lo and behold, he grew up about 45 minutes from where I did. Um, but, but grew up totally different and, you know, really didn't have a dad that was present. Uh, a lot of his family members were, you know, selling drugs and and he did that himself and he ended up in a detention center that was about 20 minutes from where I grew up and you know got his GED in detention and all these kind of things and I'm like wow this guy and he's in his 20s and he's just had this yeah this life of just and man I watched him transform and you know he would say that that I came into his life and helped guide him but I would say he came into my life and helped me see the grace and mercy of Jesus and how he can transform you no matter what your circumstance is. And Absolutely. and just because I came from the background that I came from and he came from a totally different background, at the end of the day, in the eyes of Jesus, we're sane. And we're broken sinners that, that need him. And so you want to talk about my faith journey. I've, I have grown tremendously from my relationship with him and, and the way that God has just revealed himself to me through him. And go, you know what? Yeah. This guy— grew up on the streets with tattoos and selling drugs and blah, blah, blah. And, and my sins seem petty and, and minimal compared to that, but they're not, you know, no. and, and I need, I need the saving power of Jesus. And so does he. And because of that, man, we are no different. Uh, even though our backgrounds are drastically different. So, you yeah. know, that's been a great thing for me being here is just is seeing those kind of things. It really, you know, and, and that's one of the great things about meeting so many different people from all walks of life with what you do and with and with what I do is, you know, the old saying is you're never going to look into the eyes of someone that Jesus doesn't love. And and, and when you remember that as you're going through your day at the ca- at the, you know, the cashier at, at the grocery store or the person in the convenience store or the guy who's uh, um uh, working right beside you who may just seem like that they just always get up on the wrong side of the bed that you know when you look at them you see someone who is created in the image of God and that we are called to love them doesn't mean we're going to like them every day let's be honest oh, yeah. 
but but we're called to love them and to and to know that whatever their struggle is is important to God, and and that we need to pray for them and we need to uh, to do our best to to model what God would would want us to be. Um, That's right. You know, one of the things that I see in in my life, Grant, is that a lot of listeners struggle with trying to do too much stuff at once, and they get really overwhelmed. They have so many balls in the air that they just don't know how to how to, how they're going to handle it. So one of the questions that came to my mind when I was preparing for this is that, you know, as you said, as general manager of such an iconic brand, you get tasked with doing so many different things at once, with marketing, with sales, with TV production, with with uh, negotiating contracts and finding new sponsors and, and applying for tags, all these things that you said, in addition to being a husband, a father, and, and, and other roles that you have. How are you able to juggle all these things at once, and what role does your faith help in that? Well... Uh, I would just say that my golf game and turkey hunting has 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 suffered significantly. <laughs> uh, you know, people always ask me, man, you're going to turkey hunt this year? You'll play golf? I'm like, man, you know, as much as I love both of those things, at some level, you know, you got to prioritize and, and, yep. and weed out different things. Uh, I, I remember um, one of the first years, that I was, well, actually the second year I was here, we went on a hunting trip and it was, I went on a, um, back to back. So we hunted Missouri, uh, for about four or five days and then left there and went straight over to Illinois and hunted there. And I was gone for 11 days. And, yeah. uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child at the time. And, you know, she was working and she was what, it was whatever. It just seemed like, I thought that was just what you do in this, in this business. And I thought, man, we just get out on the long haul. And that was the only time I've ever done a back-to-back trip. Uh, you know, since then I've had kids and, and we get busy. And, and, um, so I think that the challenging thing is just, is, is keeping our priorities in line, um, and understanding what's most important. And, you know, whether we kill another deer or don't, I mean, that's, that's sort of immaterial. I mean, those things, come and go and we mount them on the wall and we kind of you know vaguely remember the story of how it happens but what's most important is being present in the lives of those that are that are counting on you and need you and so um it is tough sometimes but but i think that's one of the cool things about our group our buck commander guys is that everyone is so family oriented and, and centered on the right things that um you know, it makes it easier and people understand, Hey, I can't go on this trip because my kids are doing this or that, or I just need to be home a little more. And, and I think people, I I look at, at the example of some of our other guys like Adam LaRoche and, and, um, who, who is a great, um, prioritizer of his family. You know what I mean? As busy as he is and doing the things he's doing, I get to watch and witness him slow down and make time for his family. And he's got, he's got great kids and, and I appreciate that. And I respect that even guys like, um, Jason and Luke who, you know, you don't always get to see behind the scenes with them. Uh, I've got the virtue of, of watching them prioritize their kids and take them hunting and, and, and sometimes not do things because it's, you know, they value spending time with them. And so I think we've got a lot of guys who, uh, have their priorities in line. Certainly I see that out of Willie, and 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 ryan as well um and we talk about it you know and we understand that that 
quite honestly, our lives look differently today than they did eight, nine, ten years ago. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the newborn doesn't really know when dad leaves or, or comes back. Um, but boy, that seven-year-old first grader, he can watch you packing a bag and he knows dad's leaving. And he also knows there's a good chance he's not going with them. Yeah. And so, and that makes it tough and, uh, uh, makes you a little more apt to shoot that first deer that comes out so you can get back home and be with them. But absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, so, I don't and, think, and, I don't, go ahead. I wouldn't say I prioritize my faith. I, I would say, I think it has to just be present in everything I do. Um, but, and I don't want to get into sharing too many stories, but I think okay, when you that right perspective of going, Hey, this ain't about me anyways. Um, right. whether I kill a 160 inch deer or not, I mean, you know, I would love to, man. I mean, that's, that's one of my goals this year is to kill a deer like that. But if it doesn't happen, is that, you know, do I want to sacrifice my family and, and the things that are really important for a, for a goal that seems somewhat trivial? So, you know, I think you just try to remember what it's about, that it's not about me, that I'm not trying to glorify who I am as a hunter or what I'm able to do or not do. Because at the end of the day, probably a majority of your listeners, Pete, are a way better hunter than me. And and I'm just out there because I enjoy doing it. And I, you know, I want to share it with as many people as I can. But but I'm no better or worse than anybody else out there. So um, I, I just think being grounded and remember, you know, why you're here, why you're doing what you're doing is, is really for me, helps me keep that in perspective. And, and my wife is, is fantastic. Uh, she, she really is such a blessing, but you know, she's, she's capable of, of, I'm like a fourth child when I'm around. So sometimes she likes it when I go hunting cause it makes it one less, you know, it's <laughs> going for her to have to put up with. Right. right so, right. right. Uh, anyway, does she work with the Buck Commander brand, or or does she work, or is she a stay-at-home mom? No, she doesn't work with us. Uh, she is a nurse practitioner, so oh, awesome. she, she treats a lot of the the sick people in our town, and and um, yeah, so is she. But she that is in itself. Sure, yeah, she she is, and she's done a lot of medical missions over the years, um, but but she treats a lot of people locally and, and she's able to have the kind of flexibility to, to spend time with our kids as well. So she's not a full time all day, every day, but yeah, but it allows her. So do that. I don't think she put up with me, uh, working with us. So I don't think that would be good. Um, no, I understand that. I understand that very well. So how old are your children, Grant? I have three kids, two boys. Uh, my oldest one is is six. He'll be seven next month. My my middle child is my son. He just turned five. And then I, we have a little daughter uh, who rules the roost, and she is 16 months old. Oh, so, my goodness. Wow. I yeah. remember those ages, man. That's an awesome time. That is a fun time. Yeah. yeah it is. I thought when I had boys, you know, I was excited about it. And <clears throat> I always thought, you know, I want to make sure I don't force them into – doing the things that I like to do, you know, if they gravitate towards that, great. If not, I want them to, my oldest son has been wanting to, to kill a deer. And, um, last year he just thought he was ready and I kind of didn't. And he hunted with me a few times and I began to think, wow, he's ready. And so this summer we've been shooting the crossbow and he shot it a number of times and hits the target. And last year he would ask me if he could shoot a deer And this summer. He said, dad, that's it. I'm shooting a deer this year. So he basically let me know that either I, <laughs> get with the program and help him or I could get out of the way and he was going to do it. So, right. right. 
Here we go. Hopefully he'll get a chance to take one this year. And, you know, I, I have five children, as the listeners know, if they've listened to this before. And and uh, four of them hunt. Um, and I, it's just like you said, one of them I kind of pushed a little early. And, uh, I, and I learned from that from my oldest son. And so the other ones who have followed that, I've just kind of let them tell me when they're ready. They go with me when they, whenever they want to go. And, uh, and um, I took the, the, the old adage of when I take them hunting, we leave when they're ready to leave. I don't force them to sit another two hours because it's just now getting prime time. If they want to get out of the stand at 515, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, are you serious? This is the best time to be here. Then we leave. We sat here for two hours for this moment, and now you're ready to go. <laughs> uh, c- come on. Just give me 15 more minutes. Just 15. Now, Daddy, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. So we sneak out and we go back because I don't want to make them hate it. you know. Sure. And as they've gotten older, of course, I only have one at home still. Uh, my youngest daughters, the rest are um, have moved on. Two are in college, and two are out of college, and and married and doing their lives and so forth. But but it's like it's like you said, is those moments that we spend in a, in a duck blind or on a dove field or in a deer stand are some of the most precious moments that we have as parents. I just I I, I long for those days, and I miss them now that they're gone with the older ones, and I and I'm excited to be able to take Dinah. This year, uh, she's she's the one, the one hunter of the group that has not taken anything yet because she is very picky. She's yeah. had plenty of chances, but she's like, I want to kill my first buck to be bigger than any of the rest of my brothers or sisters. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Better on your hands then, huh? Yeah, it really does. And I'm just thinking, well, that means another taxidermy bill for me, um, but that's yeah. okay. You know, that's okay. Um, well, that's awesome. I know. I know. Back to the uh, uh, juggling some of the things is. Is I want to see if you agree with this. Is that I know in my life, some of the balls that I've thrown up in the air have been balls that I've chosen to throw in the air, and not really some that I had to have in the air. Some of the things that I've had to juggle were really choices I made and not requirements. And um, one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older, Grant, is that I don't have to. I don't have to do this right now at this stage of my life. I'm choosing to. So any of the stress that brings is really self-imposed. So maybe oh, yeah. we go back and think about, do I really need to do this? Or is this something I just want to do? And if I want to do it, then I don't need to complain about it, about having to juggle other things around. That's so right. let's be careful about some of the things that we pick up, uh, moms, dads, and anyone else who's listening. Because... Oh, yeah. As my wife tells our children, every yes that you say is a no to something else. Yeah. And so, then you're is exactly right. And my wife tells me all the time, you say yes to too many things. And yeah, me too. And, she's, and so you really have to kind of figure out, you know, and prioritize those things and, and really dial in on what's important and then what becomes tedious and just, you know, extra or that's not necessary. That's right. That's right. So so before you say yes to to, to something, you know, an, another ball to juggle as, you know, the example that we're using here, think it through, pray about it, make sure it's what you want to do. Because when you say yes to that, you're saying no to something else. And that no may be time with your wife or your children or, or, or uh, being able to follow through on another commitment that you've made. So just, just, you know, really make sure um, that you have taken the time to pray about it and seek God's guidance with it. 
So, uh, Grant, I got one more question for you, and that is because uh, I know that your time is busy and, we, and we've been talking a long time. But um, our tagline here at Christian Outdoors Podcast is enjoying God every day. So I want to ask you, what words of encouragement would you offer to any, any of the listeners that would help them to accomplish this? You know, um, I think just just slowing down and spending time. And that's really what I like about hunting, too, is just a lot of times when I'm in the tree stand in the morning, you know, you kind of crawl up there. You're sitting there. It's dark. You can't really see. And you just kind of watch the world wake up. And I think when we slow down and listen a lot of times, then that's when that's when we kind of get that peace about us. Um, and, and you understand that, man, the world is so much bigger than me. But but God created the world and, and he knows me and he loves me and he's taking care of me. And, and at the end of the day, that's what gives me peace and encouragement. And so I would just say a lot of times I think I and slash we take ourselves way too seriously um, and, and give ourselves way too much credit for what we did right or wrong. I would say just slow down and uh, man, take it in because these days are fleeting. Uh, but God will use us. Uh, when we allow him and when we loosen our grip on the steering wheel and, and let go. So, man, that's, that's really kind of what I would leave you with. I, like I say, that's one of my favorite things is being uh, in a hunting setting in the mornings before daylight and just watching the world wake up and, and seeing the glory and the majesty and go, wow, you know, he created this and he created me and, and isn't this amazing? So, I, I agree. That's my favorite time of day is mornings. It really is. Is uh, um, Like you said, when you hear the first sounds, when the sounds transition from night sounds to morning sounds, is uh, wow. it's one of my favorite times of the day. Um, and I really have tried to focus on trying to just enjoy God every single day. And Grant, I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing uh, your story with us and uh, and sharing your life and your faith journey. Um, it's been inspiring to me, and uh, and I hope it has been to the listeners as well. So um, I want to give you a moment to uh, to tell people how how they can tune into your shows or to your website or in, in, anything like that. So if you would just tell us how to find Grant and uh, how they can find the Buck Commander crew. Right. Well, media man, as you know, media is constantly evolving and changing uh, and mediums with which we communicate. So you can find Buck Commander. Uh, obviously, you'll find us on Outdoor Channel. Uh, so if you desire that, but especially want to direct you to our YouTube uh, along with our Instagram, which is at official Buck Commander. So check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and hopefully we'll keep some content coming to you uh, that will entertain you as well and if you want to find me feel free to come join me and follow me on uh, instagram at grant david taylor um i like to put a lot of pictures there and, and have fun with that so come check us out man and, and look us up and if you're in west monroe you know we have a storefront here uh feel free to swing in if you want to say hi tell them to come look for me and if i'm not out hunting i'd be glad to come visit with you so and i just want to thank you pete for for um following your call and your heart and uh and just giving us the opportunity to visit today and i just want to encourage you to keep up and uh hopefully one day sooner than later we'll find ourselves shoulder to shoulder afield again i hope so grant i really do i i, I hope we can uh spend some more time face to face together i really appreciate you taking this time to to talk with us and uh man i'm i'm excited about the relationship that you and i have i'm very thankful for it 
thankful for the time that we had together uh, in Alabama last year. And, and uh, I don't know if you're going to be there again next year, but uh, I plan to be, and, uh, and I hope you are. And we'll be on the same team, and we'll kill a lot more squirrels with our gamos and have a ha, have some fun, and maybe we can take that trophy home. I've been there a lot of times now. I've never even, yeah, I've never even placed in three times being there. But that's okay. It's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Let's find some of our guys that can shoot better. I thought Adam was more of a marksman than he was, but I have to keep sifting through our guys and find one of them that can shoot. Yeah, I was really disappointed in that in Adam's marksman marksmanship skills. I really was. I enjoyed meeting him, but uh, but you know, yeah. I guess when you take the bow out of his hand and put an air rifle, he just really doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. It was really I disappointing. Doing the practice more between now and then. Okay, <laughs> you make sure and pass that along to him. Okay, whenever you see him again. <laughs> I'm good. Well, Grant, thank you so much, buddy, and I do appreciate it. And you just have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to Christian Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Rogers, and this is the podcast where we explore all things outdoors and how we can enjoy God every day.